0: Welcome to episode 36 of the SAP on Azure video podcast. Today is April 9th, and together with Gora and Robert, we're here to talk about anything related to SAP and Microsoft. Hello, everyone. Hi. Today, we want to talk about something pretty cool that highlights um, one of the benefits you can use when running your SAP system in Azure. I'm talking about backups and restore, and with the Azure Backup Service, we have an almost um, one click solution that helps you protect your virtual machines. Even better, with Azure Backup for HANA, we have an SAP certified solution to create backups for your HANA instances. I'm really happy to have Kartik with us today and he will guide us through some cool scenarios. But as always, before we go there, let's quickly take a look at the news from this week. So, I actually want to start with a pretty interesting announcement um about a data center liquid cooling. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, um if you are if you have a gaming PC or whatever, you you already might have heard about um liquid cooling of your um video graphic card or or something like that. But what is interesting about this announcement here is that um actually in our in our in one of our data centers in in Quincy I think um we've started to put our service into liquid. And um, th- there, there are a few aspects that I think are really fascinating about this. The, the first thing, obviously, is we're using now liquid for, for cooling, which means um, you put the service um, in some water-like thing. Obviously, it's not water, but but some some other um, liquid. And then when the temperature rises, then the, the water um, uh, yeah, boils and it condenses afterwards. So obviously, this this um, helps with the whole cooling process. The other interesting thing is that now that all the systems are underwater or in this liquid, there's apparently also an impact on the whole um, corrosion thing. Um, that obviously now there, there's no ox- oxygen anymore. And similarly, what we did and and learned with pro- project um, Nautic, where we had put these. Um, underwater data centers where we also had replaced the air with some nitrogen or, or whatever um, thing. And, and it turned out that uh, the corrosion and the failure rate of these servers um, really decreased. And now we're basically doing a similar thing here uh, or testing out at least a, a similar thing here with um, <gasps> cooling and also preventing this whole corrosion um, for for service in our data centers. So I think that, that's a pretty cool approach. And obviously it's, it's really all about um, efficiency, about um uh, yeah, saving energy here, but then also about um hopefully increasing the stability and reliability of these servers that are now um, yeah immersed in this in this liquid here. So I think it's it's a pretty interesting concept There's tons of information in the, in this block here, so i I can definitely recommend to to check this out. Another thing when when we talk about SAP on Azure, um our colleague Ravi, um who again, who is also doing this um, SAP on Azure talk um podcast with Nathan, um he has published a book um, some weeks ago, I think. and um now SAP press has um, released another um expert um of this of this uh, of his book where he talks about the path to uh, migrate to Microsoft Azure. It's a it's a nice um, recap or a nice um, a s- summary that talks about some of these aspects here. Um, but yeah, if, if, if you like this, I, I can definitely recommend to, to check out his book and uh, obviously also join um, the um, SAP on Azure Talk podcast um, that Ravi is doing there. Um, on the same lines, um there is the certification there's this AZ-120 certification which is the the build and deploy azure for sap workload um certification and um tim warner who's a um a trainer um very active on on Pluralsight, um he has created a course um on this specific certification and i found this actually pretty interesting. not not only the result is is, is great. um so there, so there are a lot of modules. I think it's a like a two hour intense, yeah, here, three hours um intense summary of 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 this course. but I also found it very interesting because Tim is obviously very, very active on the Microsoft side. so he is, so he has done a lot of trainings for. Uh, Yeah, anything related to Azure, I would say, Uh, talking about virtual machines, talking about different services on Azure and so on. And now this was the first time that he was also looking at SAP. And um, I I, I followed him on on, on Twitter where he asked, well, how can you um, test an SAP system? How can you get an SAP system? How can you dig into um, the, the combination? How can you learn basically? And I think a lot of his lessons learned, are now also part of this um, um course. So um, if you have a subscription or if you um, want to start this 10-day trial, you can easily um, yeah, do this and uh, yeah, run through this uh, almost three hours of, of, of training, which I think can be quite interesting. Good. Um. The next thing is um, Power Apps. Um. So with Power Apps, this is the low code, no code solution. Power Apps, Power Automate, Power Virtual Agent, and in a lot of a lot of times when you talk about um, these low code solutions, there's this notion that, well, how can this scale? How can this be reliable? How can I really do productive, really scalable work with this? And, um. I think the beauty about the power platform here is, and we talked about this before, that for example, there is an integration in GitHub. Um, so, so it, it's really it is low code, but if you want to do more, then you have the possibility to use tools like GitHub to do um, versioning, to do um, um, GitHub Actions, to to really do also, let's say, more developer-like um, approaches. Now, what the I think this is a community-driven. I'm actually not 100% sure. Um, tool is that um, the Power Platform released a code review tool. And this is a pretty cool um, tool that allows you to um, do an, a check on um, the Power App that you have created. So um, it um, you provide um, your, your application that you have developed, and then it runs through um, certain um, checks that are part of the best practices that the um, Power Platform team has has collected, it, it do, does an analysis of what's actually happening. It does a code um, review more or less of um, what you have included there. So I think this is a beautiful way um, to check whether your power app that uh, maybe your business users have created, to, to make sure that it adheres to certain best practices that it adheres to certain standards that you might have um, in place with your company there there's a lot of information here i mean it's very easy to get started i um, you can just download it um give it a try submit or or run it through one of your your apps and it will be really interesting to to um get this list here of um this uh, check results i i did it for a few of my power apps that i had created and it's it's Provides you some, some really nice um insights there. So I, I can only um recommend to if you're doing um, power apps then I, I can highly recommend to to check this out as well. Now um quickly coming back to the certifications. Um, Tobias Hoffmann, who is quite active with his um blog posts and I, I can also recommend to follow him on, on Twitter. Um, he has um, started to do some some certifications, um, I think starting from um, uh, last year's ignite or something like that. so so some some Microsoft certifications. and um, what he outlines there is that, well, typically you need to pay for these certifications, but um, there are actually quite a lot of mechanisms from from Microsoft where you get free exam vouchers for these certifications. And um, one way to get these um, vouchers, for example, is to attend Microsoft Build. So Microsoft Build um, will start um, May 25 to 26, uh, 27th um, next month. And there's, um, again, some some ways how you can um, request these free um, exam vouchers, which you then can obviously, um, yeah, use to, uh, to, to make or, or to apply for a certification to run through a certification and uh yeah and and get certified on 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 different areas um on on azure actually while training for these certifications obviously plural site is is one way but um also microsoft is providing a lot of um free content free information um to prepare for these um certifications and um obviously there's a lot of content that you can read through. There's a lot of um, um, on Microsoft learn. There's a lot of documentation, but what I always very much like to do is um, do it, do it hands on to really apply what you have learned. And um, there's often then, or sometimes there's this challenge. Well, how can I apply this if I don't even have an Azure subscription and one easy and and really beautiful way are these hands on labs um, that Microsoft is providing. And in a lot of these um, labs, and Microsoft is providing you um, an Azure subscription or an Azure environment where you can really test uh, these scenarios that you're supposed to learn. So if you need to set up an Azure load balancer, then as part of these hands-on on labs, um, there, there's a possibility to log on to an Azure subscription and you don't have to pay anything for this, but you just log on to this Azure subscription and you can run through um, a list of exercises to then learn how, um, I don't know, an Azure load balancer works or how to deploy an app um, on, on Azure. So mm-hmm. this this is really uh, um, a fantastic um, content that is available there. And here this um, build for nine, five nines um, um, blog post here has a um, a list of um, some of these um, uh, exam uh, sorry um hands-on labs and and also outlines some of these cloud workshops so if you're if you are currently training um, for a certificate or if you just want to learn um I think these these resources are really really helpful then one last thing um you you might have heard um, this week about this whole Oracle versus Google um um, a uh, situation or or whatever you might call it um where um, it was about using Java or Java apis and um in in the context of um, I actually don't know if it's related but um in as, as part of these discussion what came um, to my mind was that or to my attention was that uh, Microsoft um, announced um a preview of an open jdk. Um, from Microsoft. So I, I think I mean, this is this is obviously also really, really interesting and and shows the 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 new openness of of Microsoft, I would say, a similar like when we had these discussions about linux and and Windows. And now, um I think over fifty percent of virtual machines on Azure are actually running on Linux, and um, Microsoft is contributing there quite a lot. And now a similar thing is actually is actually happening with the Java world. So now Microsoft is really, um, offering an open JDK. And there's also um, a long-term um, support um, for um, certain versions of this open um, JDK. So if you are running um, Java workload, um, if you have developed some Java-based um, applications, then you can also check out um, the open JDK. Um, you can download um, the installer, the, the, but um, if you actually quickly just want to want to give it a try, then also via the Azure Cloud Shell, um, the OpenJDK is already um, available. So if you just um, go to your um, uh, Azure portal or if you go to shell.azure.com, log in with your Azure credentials, then um, you can also uh, run um, OpenJDK already um, in a browser. My God, it's not your father's Microsoft. No, certainly yeah. not. And, and I think that this is really beautiful. I mean, it yeah. really shows the the openness yeah. um, that Microsoft is really embracing and, and supporting. Um, a lot of areas where in the past, so, you would never have thought about Microsoft yeah, doing I, something. Like I that. mean, seven years ago, if somebody would tell me this, I would say, he's crazy. You know, it will never happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's great. That's really cool, yeah. <clears throat> okay, so with this, um, that that's all from 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 my side for this week. And now, as as mentioned in the introduction, I'm I'm really happy to have Karthik here, um, in our call because um, backup is always a very uh, annoying topic, I would say. So nobody really wants to to talk about backup, and nobody really wants cares about backup until. You actually need it um, until your system is down. Until you you are looking where's the latest backup. How can I do a restore? And that's why I'm super happy to have Kartik um, in the call today. So Kartik, maybe you can start by introducing yourself, and then I'm really looking forward to uh, yeah what you can show us.
1: Many many thanks, Volker, for giving me opportunity to join this call. And I mean. Uh, I mean, hi, hi guys, I'm um, my name is Karthik and I'm a senior program manager in the Azure Backup team and especially take care of uh, database uh, backups, which, uh, you know, which are mission critical and also take care of the automation aspect of backup, which includes non-portal components like PowerShell CLI. So today, usually my job is to be on this side of the table where we develop products, but today in your pro- podcast, when I just see the list of things of trainings and, you know, aspects. It's, it's very good to see how our products are reflected on the other side, right? Mm-hmm. How it is known to field, how end users who may or may not know about this come to know about this in the first place. So it's very good to see and love to be integrated there end-to-end to show our uh, backup product across everywhere. So thanks guys, thanks for giving this opportunity and especially as you likely said, backup is, you know, is something that people want to set and forget. Yes. Right? <laughs> Uh, yes, and right. as you rightly said, it is, it, it's, it it is so, uh, you know, uh, uh, sometimes people assume that a backup is already natively available mm-hmm. and when some disaster happens and then figure out, oh, I should have done <laughs> that, right? So yes. we, I mean, I, I, I would like to show in the presentation that these are, there are a few principles in Azure Backup that basically wants to make your job easier, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the core principle is, While you're setting backup, you should have far fewer things to worry about. And we do a lot of stuff for you. So, yep, so let me start with the presentation. I have a small PowerPoint presentation, and I also prepared a live demo environment where I could show the SAP HANA backup solution offered by Azure Backup end-to-end. So hopefully that would be interesting for you, and hopefully that would be also educational for some users who are not aware of this yet. So let uh, let me share my screen. And yep, let's start uh, the uh, presentation. So the uh, let let me know if you're able to see the screen.
0: Yes, yes. I can see. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, great. Uh, so the agenda is quite simple. Uh, first, uh, we will discuss about what is Azure Backup. This will help to set the context and also introduce Azure Backup to people who are not aware of it yet. Right. Once we have the context set, we will particularly discuss about what Azure Backup offers for SAP HANA. And then uh, once we discuss the key value adds, we also take a sneak peek into how it happens. A little bit of architecture, a little bit of discussion around performance, the components and all. And then we would have a live demo that will bring all this into action. And we would also talk about a little bit of roadmap about, hey, this is what we've already done. This is what we're going to do in the future. Uh, So it is an interesting product that is getting built time to time with timely customer feedback, relevant customer feedback, so, uh, yeah, it, it should be great for people to know and give us more feedback on this. okay? So let's start. Uh, so to summarize of you know what is Azure backup. So we are a fully managed backup service uh, that is built natively into Azure for your Azure workloads as well as on-premises. But what differentiates us is that you customers need not set up any particular backup infrastructure. You need not provision mm-hmm. servers. We do not provision storage, et cetera, right? Well, this makes the service simple to use and also results in lower cost and also predictable cost. There are less moving parts, right? And so it's uh,
0: a cloud service.
1: Yep. And we uh, we uh, you know strive to maintain that to be a service with using zero infrastructure, right? So while we do that, we also will make sure that you get Uh, Efficient center management tools. I mean, you're talking about backup estate and as and when the estate grows, you need a scale management, right? And all of this should also happen with very huge emphasis on security and resiliency. So overall, if I just have to summarize, we are a backup which runs on these three pillars. Number one, protect as many mission critical workloads as possible. Diverse workloads. Do that backups with utmost security and resiliency. And by the way, the overall experience should be simple and affordable. So mm-hmm. these are the three pillars that drive our design. And in the next slide, I've just tried like to take into how these pillars translate into the entire stack. So in this slide, you can see that uh, you know the top, the three pillars that we discussed earlier are at the bottom. And let's start from bottom to top. So in the bottom, you can see with respect to diverse and mission-critical workloads, there is this huge Array of workloads that we protect, and especially for Azure workloads like Azure virtual machine databases like HANA and SQL Azure files. We recently introduced, uh, you know, uh, Postgres blobs and uh, just few days ago we introduced disk backups, right? So these are all built in Azure workloads for which you need not have to provision any servers, provision any storage, write custom scripts. You do not have to do all that. It is so simple to use, right? And once you know or decide what to backup, then we do that with security. You can see that we have added support for private endpoints. And mm-hmm. if you're uh, looking at uh, security, we also have service stacks on NSGs and firewalls. And when, you, when the data, backup data comes to Azure Backup, we use a lot of built-in resiliency and high availability features. For example, if you can see the rightmost, in terms of security, we have RBAC, we have encryption, uh, and not just encryption in terms of uh, platform-based keys. We also introduced support recently for customer-managed keys. So if mm-hmm. you want to support encryption of data at rest using your own keys, we also do that. And for accidental deletes, we have soft delete, right? So these are security features. And then you have also tiering mechanism where you can get quick restores from snapshot tier, or if it is cheaper tier like what it is cheaper, but little slower, right? Uh, but for whatever data is present in the Vault, you also have resiliency to safeguard you in terms of disasters. You can choose between LRS, we recently introduced support for zonal redundancy. Uh, we already have GRS and we also, added read access, uh, GRS which gives you the ability to do on demand cross region restores. So all of this, we, the service purposefully aims to give you scalable and durable and secure storage for your backup data in the cloud, right? Mm-hmm. And to top it up. Uh, all of this we have a single pane of glass. A single way to protect all your workloads within Azure estate using automation channels like Portal, PowerShell, SDK, CLI, REST API, right? And we also use Azure paradigms like Azure Policy, Resource Graph, Monitor, Lighthouse, so that you do not have to adapt another new paradigm when you come to Azure for backup, right? It is kind of built in so that you can reuse what you already know, right? And for enterprises who are especially want to look at edge scale management, we had earlier backup explorer and backup reports. Backup explorer was more like a monitoring management day to day, and reports were more was for data analysis. But we also very recently introduced backup center, which you can think in simple words, a single pane of glass to do all this. Mm-hmm. So I,
0: I think that that's, that's really great. And I, I quickly want to. Um, highlight one, one other thing. I, I still remember um, a few years ago when um, there was maybe still some resistance about, um, should I really move my SAP systems to Azure? Mm-hmm. Even then, we, we already had quite a few customers that said, well, um, this on-premise service capabilities, maybe I'm not yet ready. I mean, that this was like three, four, five years ago. I'm not yet ready to really migrate my SAP system to Azure, but what I want to start with is, to really use backup functionalities to put my backups in Azure. So I'll I'll keep my infrastructure on-prem for now, but I have the possibility to run backups and put them into into Azure. And now, um, I mean, we obviously see more and more customers really running their SAP systems in Azure Mm -hmm. directly, Mm -hmm. and then to really have this functionality to have this one click or this this possibility to have a fully, infrastructure for for backup. And as as you said, I mean, there's so many options here, and I don't have to care about this. On-premise, I need to make sure, well, have I um, local disk, have I um, zonal disks, um, um, how do I encrypt all this kind of stuff? So I need to take care of all these landscape components. And here in Azure, all these little pieces, and, and maybe I'm only using five of these or something like that, but all these little things that make up the Azure backup solutions, Are available um, without me maintaining it, and I think that that's really this powerful thing about Azure Backup that I I really don't have to care about this. You are taking, you are managing all of this, and I just need to configure it so that it it protects my my virtual machines or my SQL Server
1: or whatever. Yep, yep. And as you rightly said, you know, uh, backup is usually the first time people get introduced to cloud. Uh, mm-hmm. as, as the first topic, and then you gradually migrate the entire workloads into cloud and back it up there. And in future, we are looking at modern applications which are born and brought up in cloud. Mm-hmm. It's not just migration, but they're actually born in cloud. So we as a backup as a service, we also have the same journey. We had earlier products that transfer data from on-premise to cloud, we still do have, mm-hmm. but then we also now more focusing on, so here you can see in the, uh, you know, in the PPT, there is an on-premise service part on-premise, which yeah. reflects that, Age while we are still there, but look at the, the yes, this, yeah, amazing this side where we, ex- we are expanding the workload support, right? I just want to call out it was earlier migrate then, but now look at this. We started to do pass, pass support. Now, yeah. so here is the modern support, modern applications which are completely born and bought up in cloud, and that, that reflects our journey. And as you rightly said, while we take care of the journey, we also Want to be service end to end. You should mm-hmm. just be setting and forgetting, right, without any Perfect. need for any infrastructure. So that's the mantra that we follow, and it is good to see that it's getting validated, you know, frequently by customers. Whenever we yes. get uh, some recommendations, some commendations, and say, "Yep, yeah, you are doing the right thing by making it a fully managed service," we, uh, yeah, we feel good. Perfect. Thanks. So, so this basically gives a, a sneak peek into what Azure Backup offers overall, and let's discuss now what Azure Backups offers for SAP HANA in particular. Okay, so uh, the first thing what I want to call out is we are an SAP HANA back end certified solution, so you can rest assured that we work. Okay, uh, and then as you rightly said, the next two points are you don't have to worry about hey, what happens when I upgrade my SAP HANA from one version to answer version? What happens if I do an OS upgrade? What happens when I do an revision upgrade? So all these are taken care by service. You don't have to worry about that. So once you configure SAP HANA database backup for a machine, the service will make sure that that backup would always run on any OS that you upgrade to or any HANA version that you upgrade to so that we take care ourselves. Mm -hmm. And the highlight is that we allow you an RP of 15 minutes. I mean, if you look at this section, uh, we are coming to a lower and lower granularity as much as possible. So today, we allow the frequency of log backups until 15 minutes. And when you do restore, as long as you have the backups available, you can do restore until second, you know, every mm-hmm. second. So this is the key difference, or this is a free feature that we added for database backups. Okay, hey, it is not just. You know, you need discrete backups some four hours at a time. No, we have to go much deeper, much granular, so we introduced log backups and we continuously take backups until every 15 minutes. And the fact is that one of the key scenarios in SAP is system refresh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: get me data of production onto a QR dev instance. So we particularly focused on that to make it one click and easy for customer. Cool. Right? You do not have to worry about uh, what backup should I change? What catalog should I select, right? All you have to do is select a restore point, select a target, and when we do the entire job in the background perfect, that I show perfect. in the demo, right? That will be nice, good part of it. Nice,
0: so that's a extension of the backup scenario, so to say, to, to the refresh.
1: Yep, so nice. backups do generally are, you know, when there is no disaster, when there is no corruption, it is almost, uh, is like clone functionality, like right? just just mm-hmm. give me backup, just clone this data of this point in time to something else. So this we have particularly focused on to make it as easy as possible. And you know what, uh, it is not just Azure portal. We understand that SAP HANA admins do use and are you know and are deeply embedded in their native clients like cockpit, like HANA Studio, right? Yeah. So we also work to make it integrated with that. You can you need not always daily log in into azure but you can see all of this data in the in the sap hana native clients themselves cool. right
0: and i think that's so, that's really really fantastic because as as you said um, if i am a hana db admin i don't care if my hana system is running on azure or not um i i i'm only connecting to my hana studio that's how correct. i work and, and if i see the backups from there. That, that's obviously a huge value add for me because this is the tool of choice that I'm using. And OK, there's there some other Azure admin that takes care of some other configuration, but for me as the HANA database admin, the HANA Studio, that, that's the tool of, of choice that I'm looking at. So, so that, that's, that's great.
1: Yeah, and you could even trigger ad hoc backups if you realize that, hey, I need to take a backup now. You not mm-hmm. wait for the Azure guy to log in and then you know complete the backup. You could trigger ad hoc backup to back from Studio, right. and you can restore as well. I mean, as long as it's restored to the same machine, we allow you to restore as well. Mm-hmm. So there is a integration that we are purposefully built in for Hana native clients. Nice, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, we are supporting scale up. And as I said, for Azure admins who are protecting Hana data across customers, uh, we have single pane of glass so that it also solves their at scale problem. There is a yeah. Hana admin that we targeted who is looking at few HANA machines end to end, deeper from within HANA client. And there is also Azure admin that we think will have multiple customers to serve, right? And ideally should not go to each customer and look at what's happening. There should be one so single pane of glass.
2: Perfect.
1: Yeah, I, for him to see. So we had two personas in mind when we build this, Azure admin, Azure portal, single pane of glass, HANA admin, HANA clients.
0: Cool. So Azure Lighthouse is already was on your previous pre, previous slide, yes. basically, so that's excellent.
1: Yeah, yeah, so and, and the hoster, yeah, perfect. Yep, yep, yep. and I'll show you a sneak peek into how our backup center works, and then that will tell you how easy it is to collect data. Let's see that in the demo and that will mm-hmm. be perfect. great. So this is what SAP HANA Backup for Azure offers as key value adds key value propositions for HANA database backup, for mission critical workloads like HANA database backup, right? So to to understand how we do it, um, let's uh, look at an architecture. It's a pretty simple architecture, to be fair. We are integrated with backend, so we talk to HANA backup engine through our own HANA users, okay? And then uh, whenever HANA backend gives us streams, we read from those streams and transfer to recovery services, what? all types of backups are supported fulls differentials incrementals and logs and as i said before once they are into recovery services vault you could encrypt them at rest using the platform you know key which is by default or you could choose to also use your customer managed mm-hmm. but we know that hana you know has its own encryption you know we're not talking about key vault based customer managed key we are, we are, what we're talking about here is ssfs keys that are present in HANA servers, right? And we do have parameters in HANA servers that say encrypt backend, encrypt backup, right? This works. Our backend service seamlessly works if you have enabled encryption on HANA, the backups just work as is, right? So all you have to do is, when you restore to another machine, make sure that you have the same SSFS keys there present, and then it should work seamlessly. So as long as you have the right keys to encrypt and decrypt, the backup service will work the same and uh, you know uh, seamlessly across all machines
0: cool
1: right so when you talk about stream, just want to point out a few things so uh, we read from the stream and write it to recovery services well so usually from a performance perspective which is usually what enterprises look out for the uh, the read speed depends on the underlying uh, storage iops so in mm-hmm. this case uh, Azure VM manage disks. Uh, if if disk support, we can backup up to 1.5 terabits per hour. I'm talking about capital B. <laughs> so <laughs> if, if the underlying infrastructure is fine, you could theoretically back up until 6 TB, 8 TB, you no know, safely. I'm talking about full backup size, right? Not mm-hmm. even RAM size. I'm ta- I'm saying yeah. that 6 TB, 8 Tb of full backup can be backed up within four hours, five hours, right? Uh, so this service we believe should cater to almost 90% of the current size of HANA deployments. And we also provide, by the way, the speeds during restore too, right? Uh, so while restoring from recovery services, what well, if you can write to the storage, we would, you would get the same speeds.
2: Mm.
0: Now, and I think you, you mentioned there a very good point. I, I think. If you look at the majority of the customers having an sap hana system i mean we're on on azure obviously we do support extremely big hana machines 24 terabytes we have the hana large instances where where we have scale out scenarios with 120 terabytes or whatever and but i think the majority of customers are really having hana systems um with two terabytes four terabytes six terabytes Mm -hmm. or something like that and i think um especially these customers um these are not the the the, uh, the the top 10 SAP customers, whatever with huge systems, but these are your main customers that you find so many already, obviously also running SAP on on Azure. And for these customers, it's a huge burden to set up an additional backup infrastructure to maintain um, all these components, make sure that everything is always up to date, that um, the underlying infrastructure for my backup services have um, all the security patches and and, and so on.
2: Yes.
0: And for these customers, I mean, this is perfect. Um, This is a service that I can easily use in in Azure. I can just activate it, I just can configure it. And as you said, the the speed, the performance, for, for these backups for a full backup as you outlined is is just perfect. So so I think this is a really great solution for these um for, for 80, 90% of the customers um that, that have these HANA systems um, with yeah two, four, six, eight terabytes of um of, of database.
1: Yep. So we serve this long tail of customers and to add, uh, people usually come to back in because it's an in, it has an inbuilt validation. Mm-hmm. Uh, to validate the stream. So we not only do that, but we also have our own checksum mechanism on top of it. Top of it. So to add to that, so really we are giving uh, secure backups with good performance that should satisfy a long tail of users for up to 90 percent of deployment, and without having to need to deploy any architecture.
0: Mm-hmm. But, that's, but that's actually a very good point, um, This um, the checksums because a backup is always nice, that, that, that's great. But the important thing is that the restore work. is
2: working, Please. that oh, yes. um,
0: the, the data is not corrupted. And obviously that's why snapshots and everything is is, is is great, but you need to make sure that the data that you have backed up is really consistent, that it is um, not corrupted. And okay. I think that's that's another really important point about as you as you said about the whole backend infrastructure going via backend making sure that you um, can do a checksum that you can validate um this the state of your your backup so i think that that's really important
1: yes and that's why we want to expand the current backend based solution to as much as possible the deployment size so that you could have just one service taking care of the reliability the availability and the day to day backups of mission critical workloads like sap hana databases
0: Mm-hmm. And customer loves this word certifications, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, this is the first stuff they ask, which Good is point. important, right? Because yep. the SAP is also then standing behind it. Yes. When you implement it, right? So, meaning it's a full end to end support. And for the mission critical uh, runtime, it's must have.
1: It's must have. And we do yeah. place a lot of emphasis on supporting the architecture and the solution. Uh, you know, uh, we also in the back end, like we also prepped our support team to make sure that any issues is dealt with immediately and with good quality. So it's as you rightly said, certification means that I can forget about it and let the service owner take care of issues. Right. And we mm-hmm. do have a lot of emphasis on making sure customer do not do uh, from his end. We do most of the work from our end. Great. Perfect. So this is the key architecture that allows us to deliver those uh, uh, the value proposition that we talked about earlier. So I think it's time to dive dive into you know move from all the theoretical topics to an Great. actually practical topic, right? Yeah. 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 So That's let's cool. uh, deep dive uh, into the demo. Uh, so for that, uh, I just had few demo machines prepared to show an end to end analysis. And we'll start with backup center, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. We discussed on how it is a single pane of glass, so let's go and see that. OK, so I am just opening the Azure portal screen. OK, backup center is by the way became generally available very recently. Uh, So you can see that it's now being offered like a service. You could click. Backup center at the top and it should show you uh, you know, uh, backup center itself being offered like, like a service, right? Since you already have accessed it, it appears here. So I click here and this basically aggregates data across all the vaults of all the subscriptions of all the tenants to which I have access to,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And shows me here in this one single page. Uh, let me just allow, you know, I will select the data source type to be SAP HANA and Azure Virtual Machines and Boom, just take a look. It just gives you in one single page, that across all the subscription, all your tenants, all walls, oh, you have great. 67 databases out of which production is active and configured for 47. It has been stopped 20 by the way. Watch out for this nine because it looks like the underlying data source is not fun. Usually people sometimes delete the machines, right? And the source machine. Ah, see. And mm-hmm. then this is an interesting statistic. What? OK, nine out of this we can't find underlying data source Go no figure out, right? So if I click here, it will give you the list of all those machines. All these are, you know, this is a front-end page. Clicking all this will give you more details. For example, in this page, you could just look at, in the last 24 hours, eight backups failed, eight completed, two were completed using on-demand. And all of this, I mean, we made sure that the key monitoring information comes at the top.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Aggregated, and as right?
0: What I like, it's not only the analytics that I see 8 failed or whatever, but as you said, this is a link so I can click on it and and get actually more information on um, what are these um, instances that failed. I can see each job
1: and then you could click it to see more details into error code, message recommended actions here. It says system DB is not running, right? Mm -hmm. So please start. I go start, I come back, it should work. So oh, there is it an emphasis says,
0: on. And um, by running the command HTTP start. It's yeah. really nice. So, so I'm I'm not only getting the error message, but I also get really the recommendation what I would need to do to um, fix the issue.
1: Yep, so the Azure admin user can share this to the HANA admin and not make HANA admin spend time on debugging what's the problem. Yep. Cool, right? HANA that's admin that's can good. just say OK, I need to do HTTP start. I go just go and do it. Cool. So we place a lot of emphasis on getting the right recommended action. And these additional details, by the way, we build the infrastructure such that we actually get the error stack from HANA itself displayed here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So if it's an HANA-related error, HANA admin need not go and dive into all the logs and figure out. He just needs to read this message and understand and go take the corrective action. Nice. Cool. So yep. so in in the job failure page, there is a lot of emphasis on providing the right recommended action. And in in job successful page, obviously you can see that uh, some details around how much time it took, how much time it took to uh, transfer the size and the duration. So this much you can see around 2 GB of size got transferred. And you know, in such a duration, right? So this is a generic information of what, what went successful, what went not. And you can see, as I told you, if you click. So these are the nine machines uh, you know, where you should go and figure out what's happening,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? I'm not able to. So it stays protection configure, right? But if you go and look at the backup last date, it should be some, uh, you know, uh, sometime. So you can see the latest restore point is April 23rd.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not getting anything. So protection yeah. seems to be okay, but the backup status, if you can see,
0: not reachable. Not reachable.
1: Yet. So you could you could basically go and figure out what's happening and then come back and just just could verify.
2: Mm-hmm. Cool.
1: Great. So so this is backup center, one single place to monitor all your backup related operations. And now just monitor, take action.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And speaking of action, let's start configuring back configuring backup for our demo HANA machine. Okay. So, mm-hmm. I have created a HANA machine. Uh, so, let's click on plus backup and then discuss more. Here you can see, since I've selected SAP HANA as a data source type, there it automatically selected it. And I need to select a vault to which I need to backup this machine to. So, I created a vault already uh, for the sake of demo. And the vault should be in the same region uh, and subscription as the HANA VM. For
2: mm-hmm. the good performance,
0: obviously.
1: Yeah. Yes. Uh, And then I select it and I continue, and basically it it gives me two steps, right? Number one, select VMs and discover DBs within them. And number two, once the DBs are discovered, you want to configure backup for each of them, right? So let's start with start discovery, okay? Uh, So here, uh, this pane will basically list all the Linux VMs uh, from which the user has to select This is the machine where my HANA is installed. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in my case, I have created a machine uh, installing HANA MDC on RHEL. So let me just, the machine name is MDC RHEL. Sorry, it's actually SLEL. So I did that. I mean, I already did backup for RHEL. Let me show (laughs) that. Uh, But to cover both OSs, actually, both are certified OSs. So. So I did that and uh, you can see that there is a list of machines that are displayed. So before that I just want to bring the highlight to this aspect, On you can see at the bottom there is a, a you know, small statement that says Azure backup requires permissions to be able to discover SAP HANA databases. And perform backup and restore operations mm-hmm. okay. uh, run this script. I click it, it downloads me a script. Basically, what it does is it provides permissions, relevant permissions, to the Azure Backup service to perform backup and restore operations. You know what? Mm-hmm. Let's, I mean, just tra- transfer the script into the actual Hana machine and see how it works. Right. So, mm-hmm. let's go look into this machine. Right. Where uh, I just, I just need to, I think, restart the session. Uh, it took some time. Just give me a second. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, it is there. OK, so here is that machine which is MDS SLES snap. Uh, and then what I would do first is. Explain a little bit of what the pre station script requires. OK, so first of all, I'm like now working like a Han admit, right? So what we're we looking for? We are looking for HANA users, which has relevant backup and restore permissions that our service can use right now. Each user will also have a HDB user store key. Okay, so I'm logging in as uh, the HANA admin. uh, The SID ADM and I'm just. uh, Looking at what is already there in my user store. What do we require? Now, there are two options. If you already have a backup user with all the relevant permissions, you could just give that key name to the script. Or mm-hmm. in this case, you don't have the backup user. All we need is another user who allows me to create that backup user, right? Yep. So I just created this user, right? Uh, you know, uh, maybe I'll just list the command too that I used to create it. Uh, Basically, what I did is I use this sdb store set command to -hmm. create a key with system key Mm -hmm. and what does it require? It should be a system user, right? It should have credentials for me to add users and regarding system user, the environment for me is localhost, and it should be connected to the SQL server of the MDC. So it is three instance number and one three. One three is my SQL server port, right? And then at the system DB, with the username and password. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what it basically did is basically created a system user that I can interact with to create a backup user. Okay. So this is currently uh, present in the HDB user store. SAP recommends that even backup users should have keys and present in HDB user store, which we then later use to connect to the HANA and then you know perform all the restore operations. So mm-hmm. quickly, let's exit. From the HANA administration. And then I transferred that script to this machine. Okay. So I'm just running that the script, which is named as MSAWB, Microsoft Azure Workload Backup. Right. And mm-hmm. for the sake of this demo, I am running this script with a parameter which is SN skip network checks. But you do not do that. We actually don't recommend you do that in production. For the sake of demo, I'm doing this, but let's just yep run the script and see what it happens, right? So what happens? So this script tries to give you as much information as possible on what it is doing. So let's look at a little bit into one by one. Number one, it basically you know interacted. It checks primarily for all the support mechanisms, right? Mm-hmm. It basically checks whether this HANA machine is ready to be configured for backup. So mm-hmm. it checks for supported OS versions. It then found out all the host names. There are some underlying packages that we need. We Mm -hmm. need Unix ODBC, we need curl, Python, et cetera, for which it checks automatically. It also checks for outbound connections, right? The connectivity connections which we skipped, but ideally it checks and makes sure that the HANA system here has the right outbound connections. It checks for some free space requirements. And by the way, you know, it has automatically discovered by interacting With the HANA, there's an SID called H10. The instance number is 00. This is the user. This is the host name, right? And this is the HANA version, okay, Mm -hmm. which is supported, right? And then it has started to, you know, you can see that it has found a system key, okay? And with this, it has started to create a backup user, Mm -hmm. which is named as creating backup key user, Azure WL HANA backup user, right? And it is giving permissions to it. We basically disable password lifetime on this, so that this doesn't get expired, okay? And then we grant these privileges. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Database admin, catalog read, uh, you know, permissions to the HANA user, okay? So with this, the script basically prepared this machine to be configured for backup, right? Now, guess what? Remember that system DB that we created, the user that we created, usually enterprises are cautious of it, cautious of any user that has system privileges, right? So now, because the script is successful, you can go and delete that system user. You don't Ah, require any,
2: because -hmm.
1: you have a backup key user, right? Mm -hmm. And the further enhancement is, enterprises sometimes do have central management, central user management, and If they are saying that, hey, I don't want you to create that backup user, okay, I will create because I have to do password management and all that. Mm -hmm. All they need to do is create a key, a user, HANA user, which has these permissions, right? And they can just directly supply to this
2: script
1: with minus BK, minus backup key, right? Mm -hmm. So this script basically allows you to completely control user management or leave it to Azure Backup.
0: Perfect. So so if I'm I'm fine, I can just run the script and it will do anything that I that that is required to set it up. But if I'm saying no, 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 I have certain, I don't know, naming conventions or I, I yep. need to be I want to create users. No one, one else should do it. Then I can do this upfront. Just create the Hana
1: user. Yep. And have the relevant key, supply the key name here. We just check if that user has relevant permissions and yep. then just take it. Great. Okay, so with that, the machine is ready for backup, right? So this now we go to the portal, right? And then select this machine, Mm
2: -hmm. okay,
1: And then say discover databases.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: What basically does is it's it's, now in the background, what happens is uh, the backup service goes from the Azure backup uh, fabric, uh, interacts with the HANA VM that we just ran the script on, interacts with the key, that it mm-hmm. we created, then it connects to the Hana database and then gets all the details of the databases, The system DB and blah, right? So now the link between Azure portal and the yep. VM is complete, right? Mm-hmm. Now all we just need is for these databases to appear here. So this takes usually you know two to three minutes mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. us to complete because we also are installing some lightweight extensions like. Uh, the backup extension, the actual backup extension, which does the job, the backup and restores job. By the way, just to let you know, this operation of uh, running the script and discovering the databases is required for any machine which is even target of restore, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. look at the system refresh scenario, right? We just discussed. So even in the QA, we just need our service to be there so that it does the heavy lifting of Uh, Transferring the data from production to QA. So even in the QA, all you need to do is select the QA machine, start discovery. I mean, run the script, start discovery, and the backup service is there in that machine.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: so that's it. So uh, while this happens, I mean it it takes a little bit of time, uh, two to three minutes, not more than that. Uh, You know, uh, the next step is when you click this, once this is complete, when, when you click it, you should see The SID and all the databases present in that machine, ready to be configured for backup. Mm -hmm. By the way, just just, sorry, go on.
0: I just wanted to 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 recap basically because I I think I mean it's important to, um, so we provide a script to to download, and obviously this is a shell script that I can also take a look at. If I'm a a customer that I don't trust Microsoft, then I really want to see what's happening. Then the script is there, so I can really take a closer look. Of what's yep. happening exactly?
1: Completely, so. the code is transparent, open source. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, we control it so that you oh, know of course, it doesn't of affect. But, but I can else. take a
0: look at it. It's yes. not like closed source where, where I don't know what what's really happening. It's not I an it's, it's not an
1: executable it's, binary. Yes, it's
0: exactly. A so,
1: so that and you can then, take it a break.
0: Yeah, perfect. Then I, I run it in on my SAP system, which obviously um, provides now the the possibilities to connect to my SAP system. I mean, it detects that it is running on an, on an SAP system. Oh, there's even a nice, great.
1: Yep. So we nice. did, you know, right. uh, we did uh, think of it like a separate component of its own because this is important yeah. for HANA admins. So we do have, uh, you know, this file that helps you to add a HANA user, remove and we discussed, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, if you want to add your own backup key, you can do that. You can specify a system key in case mm-hmm. the same case, uh, like you have your own user. And in case you want to mention, hey, I want to specify my own SID. I mean, we use some default uh, mm-hmm. parameters to detect the SID. If that's not the case, if, if you see that the script is not then able can... to, just yeah. pass it. right? Just tell us, hey, this is the SID, this is the instance number, and we take it, right? So there is a automated way and there is a flexible, configurable way.,
0: mm-hmm. no, but i I really like this transparency here, because obviously, giving access to my HANA database is a very crucial thing. I mean, um being able to create a backup using backend, that is something where where um a lot of trust is required. And I think it's very important to be transparent here and to really show what is actually happening. Um, what what is what is happening? Um, to expose this information so that Hana as back, Azure Backup can then actually connect to my Hana system. So I think it's it's really good to see this transparency and to highlight what's actually happening. What what are we doing with these scripts?
1: Yes, and just uh, you know because we keep updating the scripts as and when new versions are added. Okay. You can just download the latest version from the script itself. You did not come to that portal and click that button again and again. Once you have a version of a script and say this machine where the script is present has an in outbound Internet access uh, for a while at least, you could just say minus minus update script and this just updates itself with the latest version. That's actually pretty
0: cool because I mean obviously. Um... When I download the script from the Azure portal, then I have it locally on my machine. And then yes. I probably need to copy and paste it um, um, or whatever, do an SCP to to copy it to my machine or whatever. But there's a lot of work. But then as you said, if the script itself is updated by Microsoft, then it's really nice to have this update script functionality built in so that I, that I can just run it. Um, it connects to to Azure, I guess, some some API there, retrieves. The latest version and so this the,
1: this is uh, download at Microsoft.com, which is mm-hmm. again has service tax as your friend first party. So it's, it's a it's a it's oh, a right. public IP restricted by Microsoft and it's not just any IP out there, right? So it is mm-hmm. safe. Uh, so the generic best practice is have a copy of the script. Whenever you want, just update it. Make sure that you have the latest version and then you run it with either no parameters, or these parameters as great. you require. Great, great, right? cool. OK, so let's switch on to the portal, hoping that it is mm-hmm. completed. Uh, yeah, it is. It's taking some time. Let me just refresh and look at configure backup to see if. Uh, yeah, so let's discuss. I think by the time it runs, let's mm-hmm. discuss on yep. what is configure backup mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. OK. So now uh, this next step is to select a backup policy. So in that world, mm-hmm. Uh, We have a backup policy that we need to consider for SAP. So, Just for people who don't know what policy is, it's basically about what to backup and when to backup and how long should I retain each copy. So here there are all options, full, differential, incremental, and log. So these are the backup types, what to backup. And then I could just click edit and see that there is an option of specifying what time I need to run, when to backup. So doing it daily uh, yeah. or weekly, there's also a weekly option, right? And then, you know, at, now here we can see the retention. Right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Retention uh, usually happens. Uh, I mean, we could decide for dailies, weeklies, and if you want long-term retention, you could decide long-term retention for yearlies and monthlies, for full backups, right? Cool, yeah. So this is the fulls. And then incrementals and differentials, We have it parented to full, so basically when you enable, uh, you could specify when they should run, but the retention is checked against the retention Mm -hmm. that you specified for full, so that it never exceeds the pay. Right, Mm -hmm. so we have inbuilt validations for that. So in in my case, I just selected the policy, which for me is the uh, most cost optimal, which is weekly full and daily incremental. Do we provide
0: this as a template or did you need to create this?
1: So I had to create it, Uh, by the way, you could also download this as a template and then create versions of this in each one, Mm -hmm. it's automated. Mm -hmm. So here what I did is I I just selected the full to be weekly, like Mm -hmm. uh, on a non-business day, uh, every Sunday, right? And for the sake of demo, I didn't choose monthly, 70 year However, the option is clearly available, Uh, you know, it's more like five weeks. Okay, and then I thought, okay, in case of for the for the cost optimal part, uh, I just probably will select incremental because that is Mm -hmm. the option that gives me the least amount of data per day, which also translates to least amount of impact on Hana VM per day because it has no Hana has to involve has to be involved in backend the minimum time, right? Mm
2: -hmm. So I Mm -hmm.
1: selected it and I said, hey, every day other than the Sunday, right? Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. and then just select it for 30 days and click OK. And then the backup frequency, it's up to me. It's defaulted to us, but I can select 15 minutes and select the same attention period or lower, right? And then create a policy. So I created such a policy already for the sake of demo and I selected it. And now here it this basically displays your selected policy details, right? And when I click add, it basically shows me the uh, list of databases that are yet to be protected. So here is, uh, unfortunately, the demo got somehow or <laughs> not.
0: Yeah, uh, that can happen.
1: So I can see that I just tried it for other machines and it is, uh, yeah. you know, succeeded just twelve hours ago. And now somehow,
0: <laughs> no problem.
1: Uh, so uh, to to kind of outline what happens is, it shows you the SID and the databases. Mm-hmm. You select them and then click OK. When you click OK, so what happens is this policy gets associated with those policies and then you enable backup. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. it, right? So uh, when you click that basically it, uh, you know, it creates backup items in this vault. Which is backup, you know, SAP HANA test vault. And then I could see what's happening with the current. Already configured backup instances. So let me Mm -hmm. go to. Backup instances and say hey SAP HANA and Azure VM. And then I could, you know, I I I selected the vault earlier, right? So let me just, uh, you know, filter out the SAP HANA test vault, right? Mm -hmm. I did that and then I realized that yep, there are two databases already protected. Which is S12, the SID of that. And then the system database, right? Mm -hmm. I just go to this and then I get at this nice little pane where it first of all gives me an overview of what happening with this machine, right? Uh, you can see at the bottom that there was a full backup that got completed and
2: yeah. then an
1: incremental backup. We are fetching the log restore points and you can see that you know the latest restore point was almost 13 minutes ago,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And then uh, the backup status is healthy. I mean, if it's not, you can click here and you can see this Graph that came into that came into place with all log backups that were successful. So theoretically, any point in time within this green ah, bar yeah. is
0: used. Yeah, nice.
1: Okay. So there are other aspects, and you can see the actions which are possible. So normally, after you configure backup, uh, the first backup should be done on demand. Otherwise, it will wait for the policy to kick in. Mm-hmm. Right. So you should click ideally backup now and set this full. And then click OK. So that will trigger a full backup. And once the first full backup mm-hmm. is done, you get your logs starts to pour in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And then uh, we just saw that incremental ran as per schedule. Uh, the backups are coming. So let's look at uh, restore, right? Which is the next mm-hmm. important scenario. Yep. So here you can see there is a restore and a restore to secondary region as well. Uh, both options are available. If you have, if you enabled cross-region restore in the vault. Uh, you could basically do as a second region here again, due to demo environment, I'm not able to show, but it, it will not be any different from the restore. So let me just show restore, right? And then mm-hmm. just say how easy it is, and then how it is the same for second region as well. So I click restore. Uh, and then you can see that there are options of, hey, finally it got succeeded. <laughs> the earlier backups, right? So just uh, just to, uh, you know, but let's continue. Right. Yeah. Uh, on this, and then if you look at this, uh, there are alternate location override the current database, and then for any scenario, uh, for for which you need database recovery points as files, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And some of the scenarios are, hey, uh, today you allow only restores with the same subscription, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I need to do cross subscription restore. How do I do it? then theoretically you could click restore as files, right? Mm -hmm. And then select to a destination path on the server. And by the way, just want to inform that this destination path could be an NFS mounted part,
2: right?
1: So it need not be completely local path. All we require is the data, our service to be present in this target VM, right? So if you click, if you take a look, look at, so these two machines, remember, where the machines where I ran the script, yeah, and I click discover DBs. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh
1: so you select one of those machines, give an NFS mounted path, and then you know, select the restore point, and then click OK. We are done. We will give you the fulls or whatever it is, whatever it whatever are the files required to restore that point. We will mm-hmm. dump in this NFS mount path. And you can then export it to anywhere.
0: Perfect. So if I want to do something special or whatever that is, for whatever reason, not supported here, or I, I don't know, want to transfer it somewhere completely different, then I can just use Restore as file, and then I have everything that I need to do my own stuff with it.
1: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And then over a database is pretty simple. Just over a original database to a certain mm-hmm. restore point. So it's simple. But we know that in production systems we don't do it normally, right? So we Mm-hmm. More are focused on the alternate location. So here, the simple fact is you can treat this as a production and this. Uh, so MD, MDC rhcl which we already are protecting as a production, right? Mm-hmm. Let me treat this as my QA, right? So all I click this QA, it automatically uh, populates that SID, right? And then I can choose to name the restore database. It could be the, you know, uh, uh, the same name or I can choose because it's a tenant database. It's an MDC, Mm -hmm. right? I can choose to have it any name, right? Yeah. I can give that and then select Restore Point again, and then I'm done.
2: Perfect. Yeah.
1: Right? So I click. I mean, I'm not exactly triggering it because of lack of time, but here is how we made it easy. As long as you have all instances registered to this vault. When I mean registered, what I mean is, the pre-station script has to be run, and you you just have to click Discover DBs, right? Yeah. So that that's it. All your instances should be appearing as targets. Select another instance. Uh, select the. I mean, uh, the asset is already populated. Uh, give the database name that you want to be restored as. Select the restore point, which again, as I said, you can you can specify until a second. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Right.
1: Even I mean, not just logs. If you want even full and differential, that's also possible. The discrete backups. Cool. Yeah. Right. And then click restore, and you are done. Right, and we will trigger a restore job and let you know when it is successful. So this is how mm-hmm. we make it easier. And you know what? There is no difference between this and a cross region restore, except for the fact that in the cross region restore, you just have to select the vault in which the yeah. this QM instance has been registered. That's it. Because it's the same vault, you don't have to select. In the cross region, you have to select that vault. That's it. There is no other input, extra input. Nice. So this is how we made it easy to do restore also. Uh, and focused on giving all the data necessary for you to have your backup successful. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, by the way, just want to call out that the same thing, you can also do that in HANA client, right? In HANA studio, login into this uh, HANA studio, S12, you could trigger, uh, like right-click on studio and click, say, take uh, on-demand tenant backup, system DB backup, and it should appear here. Those backups will be reflected here
0: cool cool and that, that that that's really great that that really we have multiple user interfaces how different administrators um, can work on on the, the restore so again if i'm the sap hana db admin I, I might not even go here into the azure backup center but if i'm the azure guy then I will probably start here and not go to yes. the HANA Studio.
1: Yes, yeah. and just to let you know, uh, if you if you click delete backup data accidentally, I mean, stop backup has two options: uh, retain backup data and delete backup data. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. Retain yeah. is about hey, I just want the backups to be stopped. Uh, the current whatever has been already pumped to recovery services will so be retained forever, right? Um, and delete yeah. backup data basically deletes all data. Yeah. Now, for the case of accidental deletion, suppose somebody did, or maybe a malicious admin, uh, delete backup data and say clicked OK and stopped backup. Uh, we also have a functionality of soft delete. So mm-hmm. here you can see there is an undelete option, right? Um, if soft delete for the vault is on, uh, and somebody did uh, a delete backup data, you could click undelete and then put it back into an active mode yeah uh, you know and then resume backups so that you you save your backups this this undelete mm-hmm. will be available for 14 days from the day of triggering of delete uh, so it should give you ample time if at it all it's an accidental deletion to yeah. figure out hey, it's a mistake and have to rectify it yeah cool. so this is how we basically make things easy for configuring backup and monitoring via uh, backup center uh, error giving proper error codes during failures, giving you action points to take backups, ad hoc backups and restores, and then also protect you against accidental deletions and also disaster scenarios where you know you can do an on demand restore to second region to assure yourself that hey uh, the restore is happening. So if something really happens, I'm actually fine. But mm-hmm. I could trigger an on demand uh, uh, restore second region and then you are done. So this is what. Uh, a demo uh, that you know we have end to end scenarios covered for HANA backup.
0: Fantastic. Great. Thank you.
1: Great. So, uh, I think once the demo is done, quickly for the sake of time, can we go into the uh, PPT where I to quickly also show okay, while this is the current scenario, uh, also want to show what is the roadmap. Is it okay?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> quickly. So, I think I want to call out, hey, so these are my uh, additional feature improvements that we have clubbed in areas of cost, availability, and backup performance and security, right? So as I mentioned, incremental backup is already GA. Uh, You know, with the current performances of 1.5 TV per hour, you could theoretically protect until uh, 6 to 8 terabytes of full backups, right? And we also uh, recently added support for customer managed keys. By the way, just to add, even HANA encryption is possible with SSFS, Mm -hmm. right? Cross-region restore. It's in preview. We are, uh, you know, uh, targeting to make it GA very soon. Uh, Cross-region restore is for paired regions. But I think you know we started with paired regions. But as and now more and more M-series VMs are coming up in paired regions. We are getting good feedback that this is a very good way to almost be like a cheap DR solution. Yes. Right.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, you could set it up, and Hana, uh, sorry, the Azure backup will take care of replicating to another region. If the SLAs are okay, then this is my DR solution. Why not? Right, so we are getting good feedback in terms of cross region restore, so we'll do it GA very soon. Targeting uh, within one or two months. ZRS support, right? I mean people we have heard people about hey, I cannot use LRS. I don't want to use GRS uh, because that's not what my support SLA, uh, but I want to do ZRS. Zonal (laughs) ready is a service agency. I want it. have, we have started this with two regions in preview and we have plans to obviously expand this to other regions, all regions. So these are. I think these are what we already have and in the future, I think I want to call out key important features that we are adding in addition to what we already have. So archive support we are adding to bring down cost. So remember those long term retention points that we have seen the policy. Sorry, for the for uh, year backups, yearly backups, and for five years and ten years, you could move them into archive. Yes, you could move them into archive and have low cost for those backups. And uh, today, uh, I think there are two important additional features that we are targeting. Number one, streaming is important for the size limits, but uh, you know if you if you have larger and larger databases, we are working on having an integrated snapshot support too. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but just to let you know, this is snapshot plus backend, right? Backend to fall back in case snapshot doesn't work or snapshot is corrupted, right? As you said that day, that snapshots while they are work wonderfully, there is an element of verification part that is missing. So we integrate the backend. It will be kind of weekly full backup via backend and daily HANA snapshots, right? Uh, and you could theoretically then the additional value add is you could actually restore from snapshot. And just apply <laughs> locks. So that will be the key value add. Cool. So that we are working on it. Archive support for cost, uh, and also we are working on automatic backup failover, especially in terms of HSR, right? So remember we talked about cross region restore working as cheap DR. If it is not possible for you, if the sellers are too high you would like to have HANA system replication, right? So in case of HANA system replication, today the current status, the service treat both the nodes as individual machines. So there is some manual intervention required when there is a failover, but we're already working on making that unnecessary. We would also be failing the backup over to the new primary node, right? And failover, failback, it doesn't matter. We'll treat the cluster as a single data source and take care of backup from the active node, right? So this we're already working on it. So these are some key important features that we want to add. I mean, just to show that this is a live product, right? Uh, Absolutely. As we get customer feedback, we make sure that we prioritize, implement it. So it would be great if we can get customer feedback via this channel, uh, you know, about how the product is, what should we do, what should uh, the product do in improve improvement, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, so this is what uh, I have overall. As uh, the presentation for Azure Backup for SAP
0: HANA. Perfect, Katik. and I, I think I mean it's 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 really amazing what is already possible today, and um, I know we have quite a few customers that are already using this in 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 production, and I think um, there, there's the, there's a huge feature set that that um, really helps customers um, already today. But it's also great to see what's already on the roadmap, and I mean I, I guess a lot of these um, roadmap items are. Customer feedback um, from from live customers that they, I don't know, need or are looking for archive support and stuff like that. So it's really great to see that there is an active development um, behind the Azure Backup for SAP HANA solution. So cool.
1: Yeah. So while we focus on 80 to 90%, we also want to cover that 10% so that you have one single solution for your entire HANA estate. Mm -hmm, Right? So that's the current, uh, you know, that's our aim, so that you don't have to have multiple backup solutions for multiple configurations. Yep. So yeah. we'll keep on uh, giving you new features. So please give us feedback. And for feedback, just want to point out, uh, uh, sorry, it's my mistake. So there is, we basically have a team deal, right? Mm-hmm. Please write to Azure ask Azure Backup team at Microsoft.com. I mean, this is applicable for anything. Uh, this slide mentions it for previous signups, but Ideally, you can write it for any query, any feedback on any product, and we would be there listening to it and responding to back actively.
0: Perfect. Cool, Kartik. I, I think that's a, a beautiful closing remark. So if, if there are is there if, if there is feedback, then um, send an email to ask Azure Backup Team at Microsoft.com. Kartik, um, thank you so much for, for all the time that you that you spent now to really explain the ins and outs of um, the Azure Backup for, for SAP HANA. I think that was really nice. The demo was also great, um, and uh, it did work in the end. It took a little longer than, um, than yeah. usual, I would say. But I think um, this was really great, and it was a really nice um, journey from the very beginning, really starting from a fresh HANA system without anything installed, without any scripts, um, but then, really running the scripts, connecting from Azure, um, and then um, triggering the backups, and and also looking at the resource. So, thank you very, very much for that.
1: Thank you, thank you, Holger, for giving this opportunity, and looking forward to get more feedback from the viewers of this video, from the field, from the customers, and yeah, looking forward to interact with you more and more.
0: Cool, and and we'll definitely have you back um, once we have new and additional functionalities on on. Um, the Azure Backup for HANA. Cool with this. um, Thanks again for for joining and um, see you in an upcoming podcast. Thank you. Bye. bye Bye-bye. Bye.